podcast for my mother. She read to me when I was little, so now I'm returning the favour and you're welcome to listen along. It's Sunday and that means I'm reading a classic. Thursdays are for offbeat stuff, but whatever I'm reading, it's always great writing. Tonight, I am in France, in Paris, in 1673, and I'm reading Moliere, the genius 17th century French playwright, poet, and actor, beloved by King Louis XIV, yes, the Sun King himself. Moliere produced many comedy plays, skewering hypocrites and fools from all walks of life. And I want to shout out listener Robert in France for emailing to suggest Moliere to me just the other week. Thank you for jogging my memory, because I do love Moliere's work. Tonight I am reading the opening of Moliere's last play, Le Malade Imaginaire, The Imaginary Invalid, or you could call it The Rich Hypochondriac. It's my favourite Moliere work. But before I get to reading, I want to take a moment to send hugs across the cloud to all the listeners of Nudie Reads. I'm recording this in Sydney, and I hope you are all okay. We have all been through some stuff in the past couple of years, haven't we? If it wasn't the virus, now we've got supply chain issues and even talk of recession. Buy the dip, the coming crash. The news is, uh, well, it's not fun. If you're having a rough time, well, I send you double hugs across the cloud. I'll be here for you twice a week celebrating great writing and words of the past to hopefully bring a bit of joy, a bit of an escape in amongst all the negative news. A respite from the news. But I digress. On to Moliere. He was born 400 years ago on January 15, 1622, in Paris, and his works are as beloved and respected across France and continental Europe as the works of William Shakespeare, the English genius. Molière is the French Shakespeare. Real name, Jean-Baptiste Poquelin. He was born to rather well-to-do parents. He studied law in Orléans and was to follow his father into the royal household as a court upholsterer and one of the king's valets du chambre. But at 21, he caught the acting bug. He adopted the pseudonym Moliere after some debt trouble, probably to spare his family any reputation injury. Actors were very frowned upon, and they couldn't even be buried in consecrated ground, according to French law. Molière changing his name reminds me of Boris Karloff, who I covered back in Season 1, Episode 80. Remember that? And Molière was also a contemporary of Cyrano de Bergerac, who I covered back in Episode 55. Give those both a listen, if you haven't already. Molière adored Italian Commedia dell'arte, which is a kind of heightened comedy theatre genre that started in the 16th century and is still practiced even today. Commedia dell'arte uses certain stock characters to tell stories that mock contemporary pieties. There was always a con man, a gullible fool, a servant girl, a clever servant girl, an old man, a cheeky clown or a joker, and a conceited boaster, Scaramouche. 
Modern pantomime, which is so popular in the UK, is based on Italian commedia dell'arte. The Brits would call it a punch and judy show, and they use puppets and live performance. It's all great fun. And there's always a moral, always some hypocrites, and always some con men getting exposed, and fools finally seeing the light. That's what Moliere was about, but in an artful and elegantly written way. His plays are as clear as pantomime, but they are somehow much deeper and much more cutting. His most famous play is Tartuffe, about a con man who gets exposed and a foolish husband who cannot see the truth of the fellow. Moliere got into a lot of trouble with the church over that one. Some of his other plays that are equally well known are The Miser and The Misanthrope. I think you get the picture of all the kinds of plays that Moliere was producing. My favourite Moliere work is his last, Le Malade Imaginaire, The Imaginary Invalid, or as I think of it, The Rich Hypochondriac. It is about a rich man, Don Nargan, who believes that he is afflicted with all sorts of diseases and he loves to get medical attention. But the cost of it all is giving him concern, because he's also a penny pincher. He has two favourite medicos, Dr. Porgon, who specialises in purgatives and bleeding, and Monsieur Florent, an apothecary who mixes up all the potions for the good doctor. The play is delightful. Don Nargan devises a scheme to marry off his eldest daughter to Dr. Purgon's nephew so that he can get a doctor into the family and thereby receive free medical care for the future. He really is a penny-pinching richo. And there's a clever servant girl in amongst it all called Toinette. All the Moliere components are present in this play. But what makes Le Malade Imaginaire a standout is Moliere's cruel depiction of medicine and medicos, which in the 17th century was fair enough. Medicine was a practice of the Catholic Church until the 17th century, when hospitals became more widespread around France because the Sun King, Louis XIV, decreed that there should be a hospital in every decent-sized town. So there was plenty of call for medical skills. But remember, 1673, when this play was written, is not in the Enlightenment era, when all sorts of medical and scientific advances were pioneered. The Enlightenment era was on the near horizon. It's commonly thought to start from about 1685. But 12 years before, no such Enlightenment, at least not in Moliere's view. There were plenty of people happy to pass themselves off as medical men at the cutting edge of science, but really all they were practising were the same old Catholic remedies. Eat this, drink that, and mostly the body contains humours and bile which must be in balance. So there was lots of bleeding with leeches and cups, and either some purgative or an enema, or maybe even both, to clean out the back door, as it were, if you will, the bowels. No hypochondriac could resist the lure of modern medicine, and they can't do it even today, especially if they can afford it. And that's what piqued Moliere's interest for his play. 
Now, just quickly as an aside, and quite weirdly, I've actually covered hypochondria before on Nudie Reads. Back in episode 95 of season one, I covered three men in a boat. Do check it out if you haven't already. The description of a hypochondriac is absolutely delightful. But tonight, in Molière's hands, hypochondria is mocked much more directly. I am reading the opening monologue of Le Malade Imaginaire because it captures, all in one short scene, the richness, the penny-pinching, the hypochondria, and the obvious charlatanism of the doctor and the apothecary. To set the scene, Don Argan is in his room, going over his medical expenses. He has a pen in his hand and he has received a bill from his apothecary, Monsieur Fleuron, about the apothecary's medical work and that of Dr. Bourgon since the start of the month. Don Argan is talking to himself as he goes through all the items of the bill, adding up all the money. And haven't we all gone through our bills and invoices, doing the monthly budget, and had a bit of something to say, albeit muttered under our breath, to ourselves, as we've seen it all add up? I think we have. So for me, this scene is as universal as it can be, as valid today as it was 400 years ago. But this is Molière, so there's a much more mocking tone, a lot more poking fun. And it's all expressed beautifully in truly elegant writing, notwithstanding the medical subject matter. The translation to English was done in the mid-19th century by English schoolmaster Charles Heron Wall. He's a bit of a mystery. I could find no details of his life, but he apparently translated every single Molière work into English. So I have got to say, hats off to Charles. He knew Molière was good, just like I do, and like hopefully you will enjoy shortly too, if you aren't familiar with his work. And just quickly to help you, in case some terms aren't familiar, a cloister is another word for enema, a purgative is another word for laxative, and a sou is money, like a shilling or a dime, 20 sous to the franc, 10 denier to the sou. I think you get it. Let's begin. Scene 1. Argan is sitting in his large bedroom at a table by a window and going through a bill he has received from his apothecary, Monsieur Fleuron, about all the medical work done by Dr. Pourgon since the 1st of April. Ah, right, here is a bill sent to me by Dr. Pourgon. Finally, something I actually want to read. Let's see, three and two make five, five makes ten, ten make twenty. All right. Item. On the 24th, a small insinuative clyster, preparative and gentle, to soften, moisten, and refresh the bowels of Monsieur Argan. What I like about Monsieur Fleurent, my apothecary, is that his bills are always so civil. The bowels of Monsieur Argan. All the same, Monsieur Fleurent, it is not enough to be civil. You must also be commercially reasonable and not plunder sick people. Thirty sous for a clyster. Oh, come on, I have already told you, with all due respect, that elsewhere you have only charged me twenty sous. And twenty sous, in the language of apothecaries, means only ten sous. Here we are, then. 
Tensu. Item. On the said day, a good detergent clyster, compounded of double catholicon rhubarb, honey of roses, and other ingredients according to the prescription, to scour, work, and clear out the bowels of Monsieur Ragan. Thirty sous. Oh, again? No, with your leave. Ten sous. Item. On the said day in the evening, a julep, hepatic, saporiferous, and somniferous, intended to promote the sleep of Monsieur Argan. Thirty-five sous. Hmm. I do not complain of that, for it did make me sleep very well. Item. On the 25th, a good purgative and corroborative mixture, composed of fresh cassia, with levantine senna and other ingredients, according to the prescription of Dr. Purgon, to expel Monsieur Argan's bile. Four francs. Oh, you are joking, Monsieur Florent. You must learn to be reasonable with patience. Dr. Purgon never ordered you to put four francs. Tut. Put three francs, if you please. Yes, three francs. That's thirty sous. Item. On the said day, a dose, anodyne and astringent, to make Monsieur Argan sleep. Thirty sous. Ten sous, Monsieur Florent. Item. On the 26th, a carminative clyster to cure the flatulence of Monsieur Argan. Thirty sous. Item. Repeated in the evening as above. Thirty sous. Ten sous, Monsieur Florent. Item. On the 27th, a good mixture composed for the purpose of driving out the bad humours of Monsieur Argan. Three francs. No, twenty or thirty sous. Yes, I'm glad that you are reasonable. Item. On the 28th, a dose of clarified and edulcorated whey to soften, lenify, temper and refresh the blood of Monsieur Argan. Twenty sous. No, ten sous. Item. A potion, cordial and preservative, composed of twelve grains of bezoar, syrup of citrons and pomegranates, and other ingredients according to the prescription. Five francs. Oh, Monsieur Florent, gently, if you please. If you go on like that, no one will wish to be unwell. So, be satisfied with four francs. Let's see now. Twenty, forty sous, three and two are sixty-three francs, four sous, six deniers. So that during this month I have taken one, two, three, four, five, eight mixtures and one, two, three, four, five, six, twelve clysters. And last month there were twelve mixtures and twenty clysters. Oh. Well, it's no wonder that I am not so well this month as last month. Oh, dear. Oh, goodness. I shall speak to Dr. Purgon about it so that he may set the matter right. And that's where we'll leave it tonight. A perfectly worded description of a hypochondriac and a penny pincher checking his medical bills and concluding that since he had less unnecessary medicine this month than last month, that must not mean that he's getting better. It must mean that he has a reason 
to feel worse. Absolutely classic, that Don Argan. I think Moliere nailed the hypochondria of that character perfectly in the opening monologue. I recommend the whole of the play. And Moliere himself wasn't a hypochondriac. He had a giant coughing fit performing the role of Don Argan when the play opened. The fit came mid-performance and he soldiered on and finished. But he died that very night in 1673, aged only 51. There was nothing imaginary about the tuberculosis which he'd been suffering from for years and it finally took him out. He was sorely missed and never not loved especially by King Louis, who made an exception for Moliere to be buried in sacred ground, which is, I think, a wonderful gesture. All year this year is a celebration of Moliere in France, because it's the 400th anniversary of his birth, and if you're fortunate to be there, do search out some Moliere fun. I am hoping to get there later this year myself, but there's no reason to wait. In any language, Moliere knew how to take the mickey. And if you can take a joke, you'll love Molière's work. Okay, that's your lot. I'll be back on Thursday, 9pm Sydney time, with something offbeat. And I wish you all a great and safe week wherever you are. Do please share this podcast with friends and family who love great writing. And if you're listening on Spotify and Apple, follows and reviews are very welcome, as they really help the pod to grow. Okay, till next time then, take care. It really is slippery out there. And thanks for listening to Nitty Reads.